Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Werman. We're going to talk today about uh, last week's NFL games, preview next week's NFL games in our betting competition. But right as we were about to start recording this, Aaron Judge hit his 62nd home run. Uh, where do you think that falls and how important that is um, to the home run records in baseball, Mike? I think it's fairly important. I, I don't I don't discount the steroid records as much as some people. Um, I think it's it's I, I think I think a lot of people maybe will say it's 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 the number one supposedly clean record. Um, I think really what you can say it's the American League record and it's the Yankees record. Um, Both facts with our which I think in some ways are more interesting and important. Uh, because of the people that hold those records, Roger Marison, and, and they've been held so for so long, Roger Marison and Babe Ruth. Um, I think in a lot of cases people are forget people forget about uh, seventy three with Bonds. They forget about uh, seventy with uh, McGuire and the routine sixty plus home run seasons by those guys. And well, we actually saw those home runs. You and I. Actually, yeah, I think I think those get that many home runs in those seasons. So like we physically watch them do that. It's hard to, for me to discount that, you know, it actually did happen. But yeah, I think, maybe, I think maybe the importance isn't as high or something, but that but it still did happen. It is a legitimate record. But yeah, I, I think what people think is it's it's the record by the person I like. Uh, That's true. Of, of people of people we like. It's the record. It's, it's the record right now. Um, we don't like. What, what happened in the steroid era, even though we liked it at the time, we feel bad about it. And we just want to say, well, uh, yeah, we, we, we discount uh, McGuire and Sosa and Bonds. That home yeah. run race really brought people back to baseball after the, uh, the previous this, strike had kind of um, decimated attendance and, and TV viewership numbers. Yeah, it did, but maybe... maybe uh, so like, um, shouldn't shouldn't those same people that discount those records appreciate the record because it did bring people back to baseball yeah those are those are inconvenient uh facts that you're supplying and uh we'd rather just not deal with them just like just like we'd rather not deal with the inconvenient records themselves so um well then what about um judges uh 60 second home run did take more than the 154 games that babe ruth hit his 60th in does that matter will there still be an asterisk by this even though well, it's they removed the, the asterisk 11. by Maris's record after a while. His, I think he hit 60 within 154, but he hit 61. Um, it took him a while, I think, to hit 61. Maybe it was the last game of the season he hit mm -hmm. 61. And um, so he, he tied Ruth, I think, with the 154. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Judge probably tied them with, with, with 60 within 154. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but it was real, it's real close. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it was pretty close. He's he's been sitting on sixty one for a few games, and I think he was sitting on sixty for a few games. Um, and so I, again, but they don't do these records for batting average and things like that either. You know, like one hundred sixty two game batting average record is uh, lower than Ty Cobb's was he hit three sixty seven uh, or. Yeah, or or four 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 twenty four or something like that. You know, he averaged uh, he was three sixty seven over his whole career, but he's like I think he had like I don't know four four something, but it was only one hundred fifty four games. You know, Ted Williams, nobody has hit four four hundred over one hundred sixty two games. Um, 
and the and the two people that did or the closest to it were uh, I think Tony Gwynn he had 394 but that was in the strike shortened season and then George Brett hit 390 but he only played 118 games that year because he had uh, mm-hmm. uh, hemorrhoids and stuff like that you uh, barely uh, had enough at bats to qualify for the title that year yeah right? so it's it's it was it's a batting average things like that are usually it's usually an advantage to have fewer games than it is to have more games so they don't have asterisks on, on that side so I, I don't I don't really think it's um, a big deal. Um, it seems like the NFL doesn't really care that how many games um, were played in a season with for like rushing records or uh, passing records, things like that. So um, it's just you know the level of competition is different. There were different number of teams in the league. You know there, you know it's everything's different. I think it's the single season home home run record and. And not, not 154 or 162 game record. Yeah. 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 They don't, they don't trace it back to the previous, you know, the best uh, 162 game stretch uh, for that player. Um, so I think. Well, and, the, and those um, consecutive game streaks don't span seasons either. Well, I always thought that was interesting. But if um, like the consecutive innings, scoreless innings streak that um, was a Don Drysdale had. And then Oral Hershiser broke mm-hmm. eighty-eight season with the Dodgers. Um, like he'd go into extra innings on like the last game of the season for Hershiser to beat to beat um, that record. But if he hadn't done it then, I think he wouldn't have it wouldn't have counted if it uh, as a consecutive inning streak hmm. if it started into the next year because of the way baseball keeps a record. Yeah. Oh, so that was like, interesting. It's like, what does it matter if the you know if an individual. Yeah accomplishment why does, would it matter if it happened in a different yeah season, so. career records it seems like like how Ripken's streak was counted across seasons uh um, that's um yeah different somehow but I don't yeah know. I, yeah i don't i don't um i'm not quite sure what how they do it in some ways but um, and, um yeah. you're curious um aaron uh aaron judges um 61st home run was in the 155th game of the season. His 60th home run was in the 147th game of the season. So okay, so he did clear the 154 game mark. Mm-hmm. Tie Roof and Maris in the 154 game season. So I guess he was out. He's at least on their level, and he yeah. surpassed Maris because he has beaten Maris in, in 162. And I think again, yeah, it's it's a it's a different league. There were you know. Babe Ruth had a uh, had guys who were you know pitching, you know uh, you know probably started fifty games a year and were pitching into the night. You know their arms were almost falling off by the ninth inning probably, uh, or they're just throwing seventy five mile fastballs. Uh, you know at that at that point, and uh, you know or didn't you know he didn't play against you know black people. He didn't he didn't play against uh, um, he didn't have an international. Um, group but also there are fewer teams so maybe you could say well the better two players were all in the league but um i yeah i think there's there's pluses and minuses on both sides you might as well eliminate those and just go with the season record will there be a separate asterisk because aaron judge is very tall he is huge he, he is a giant did you see that he's in some pictures of him holding like a, a can of like a coke can or something yeah it looks like it looks like one of those like mini cans that like uh, you can buy at the grocery store that are like seven ounce cans of right. you know, Diet Coke or V8 juice or something. Nice. Yeah, it's it's 
It's like when Andre the Giant was holding a can of Coke, basically. It seems something like that. Um, speaking of the Yankees' home run records, do you know who holds the uh, record for a non-Yankee in the Ooh. American League uh, home, home run race? It's... Ooh. A non-Yankee American League home run leader. It could be somebody relatively recent. Could be. Like Chris Davis or something. That's all I'll go Chris Davis. Chris Davis did 53 for Baltimore in 2013. Um, he is t- he is he is holds 16th place in the Ooh. AL list, Ooh. but there are several Oh, that's um, quite a few between. Yes. Many, many of those are Yankees, though, in between. Okay. Oh, yeah. Where does he fall of the, non, of the non-Yankees, though? Uh, let's see. Hold on. Do you want, do you want non-Yankees uh, that never became Yankees, or do you Ooh. want to include non-Yankees as in future Yankees? Just, uh, I suppose they, they would have had to hit them as a Yankee, though, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, one, two, three, four... He is not eighth among non-Yankees, Ooh. but there's, I think he is the seventh. There's well, one, one of those players did it more than once. Okay. Hmm. More than once as a non-Yankee. One of those players did it more than once, once as a Yankee, once as a non-Yankee. Really? Oh. Ooh, that should be a big clue, but I'm not coming up with anybody that fits that. Um, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Okay, so you might have been thinking recently, uh, you know, King Griffey Jr. hit uh, was was hit fifty six home runs twice in a row with the Mariners yeah. in ninety seven ninety eight. Oh, what about Alex Rodriguez though too? A Rod hit fifty seven with the Rangers. He also would hit fifty four with the Yankees. Oh, that's, that was the Yankee, not Yankee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jose Batista hit fifty four one year in twenty ten. David Ortiz hit fifty four in two thousand six. Um, Miguel Cabrera never got up that high. I don't think. Do you, All the, uh, the many of the other Mickey Mantle hit fifty four and sixty one. Babe Ruth hit fifty four a couple of times, um, but the two uh, two players are tied with fifty eight home runs. Okay. Neither one of them is recent, however. Okay. It's. Uh, do you have any guesses? Not recent. Not Yankees. Yeah, most of the big home run hitters that are um, super famous are National League guys. So, no, Albert Bell. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, Albert Bell. But more not recent than that. Albert Bell hit 59, right. 95, yeah. and 49, 1998. Um, uh, so, this is uh, Jimmy Fox, mm. hit 32 for the Philadelphia A's in 1930, 58, 1932 for the Philadelphia A's. Hank Greenberg also hit 58. He did thir- in 1938 with the Detroit Tigers. So yeah, Tim Greenberg and Jimmy Fox each have 58. No, oh. nope. Would not have. Would not have gotten any of those. Yeah. Nice. Good question, though. <laughs> you know, the only father and son duo to uh, hit each hit 50 home runs. Each hit 50 home runs. Well, it's either Griffey's or Bonds, right? So it's gonna be Griffey's then, right? Uh, no, it isn't Griffey's. 
One was National League, one was American League. There's the Fielders, Cecil and Prince. Oh, Fielders. I wasn't thinking about that. Each hit 50, 50, home, yeah. uh, 50 home runs. Oh. Season, so. Yeah, that's Cecil and Prince. <laughs> Former I, I Royal draft, Royals draft pick, uh, Cecil Fielder, I believe. I do. I have a Prince Fielder jersey though from uh, my my uh, visit to Milwaukee Stadium. So very kind of fell off. He kind of fell off very quickly. Prince Fielder he did. He yeah. was um, really solid for a while, and then he. So according to his stats, he. When he played for Detroit, he played for Milwaukee and then Detroit. He played 162, 157 or more games from 2006 to 2013. Then he got hurt, I guess. He only played 42 for Texas in 2014. He bounced back to play 50, 158 for Texas in uh, 2015, but then only one more year uh, he played for Texas. So he really kind of stopped quickly um he hit 305 in 2015 and then he hit 212 in, in 2016 and that was his last year playing yeah yeah i kind of remember i think he just kind of just decided he was done i think and he just left <laughs> i think is more or less how it happened i don't i don't think he'd like like had fallen off or like out of favor with teams i don't think it just seemed like he was just sort of not in it anymore and wanted to leave does that sound familiar yeah i think the rangers released him it says 2017 citing financial considerations um and then i don't know why he quite retired i'm not quite sure it doesn't i i, I have i'll have to, I have to look closely yeah. did you okay so did you know that um so prince and Cecil Fielder are the only father-son duo to hit 50 home runs in a season. Did you know that Prince in their career? That cut out just a bit. Can you say that? Can you recall? Oh, uh, Prince and Cecil Fielder each hit the same number of home runs in their careers. <laughs> Is that right? 319. That's crazy. And they were the only, until 2021, they were the only father son duo to each hit 40 home runs in a season. You know who joined them in 2021. Ooh, 2021. So that must be. Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name though. Tatis. Not Tatis. Not Tatis. another junior. Not. Um, I don't think Bo Bichette hit that many home runs. No. No. Um, both of them had a whole bunch of like, uh, hit over forty. Home, I'll say, let's say, both of them hit over forty home runs. Um, in Canada. Yeah, and yeah, um, it seemed like Toronto had like um, a goal basically to just like draft and develop sons of major, at least moderate major league players. Um, they had like a whole. Mm-hmm. like half a roster basically of, yeah. of uh, father's son, uh, t- uh, sons that had uh, you know fathers that played major league baseball too um 
But now I can't think of, I can't think of the, the other. You're story. stuck on his name. It's Vladimir Guerrero. Oh, Vlad Guerrero. Yeah. He's, he was uh, so Vla- Vlad Guerrero Sr. was one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, Vlad Sr. hit 42 and 44 for Montreal 1999 and 2000. And then Vlad Jr. hit. Um, 48 in 2021 for the Blue Jays. Wow. Only has 32. I haven't heard much about Vlad Jr. this year. Is he having a decent season? Have you heard anything about him? Yeah, he's, well, he's, 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 he's been playing all, every game, basically. He's had 32 home runs, 97 RBIs. Um, good season. Batting 273. Only, his OPS uh, is only uh, 816. It was 1,002 uh, last year. So he's not quite as strong. OPS plus is one thirty one, so still a good season, but it was one sixty seven last year. So it's it's the season is not as good this year. But I think the uh, it just seems like the um, Toronto's gotten overshadowed by the Yankees' run of late, mm-hmm. and, and they haven't talked about them as much. Yeah, they're still anyway. they'll still be a the playoff team, though, right? Playoff team, yeah. Um, a, a Prince fielder did have uh, so that he retired after having a second neck surgery. Oh, okay. In three over a three year span, and then after he was released, uh, he decided to retire. Okay. Or it was the other way around. No, he announced he was going to retire, and then he was released. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they even need to do that, but it seems fine. Um, let's see. Should we um review our uh, last week's bets? From our betting competition? Sure. You can do that, and then we could talk a little about the Royals. What do you want to do that first? We'll talk, we want to talk about the baseball first. We'll talk about the Royals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Royals just lost their... 96th um, game? Is that right? They, lo- they lost their 96th game. They're 65 and 96. Therefore, they will not be able to reach... The best record they could finish is 66 and 96, so they will... Um, they will. They uh, our bet from earlier this uh, season was that the Royals would finish. You you said below sixty six and one half wins. I said above sixty six and one half wins. So they had to win tonight. They lost tonight, um, and they they had to win the last two games for me to uh, win that bet. So you've you you've won uh, the Royals uh, bet. How do you, how do you feel about that? Um. Yeah, personally, I feel okay about that, I guess. Right? Victory in defeat, somehow, maybe? I don't know. Fine. I'm fine. It's the Royals did, didn't lose 100 games, at least this year. It's true. They, they did stave off the 100 loss season. Thanks. So the most, the most games they can lose is 97, so they can be 65 and 97, or 66 and 96, depending on how tomorrow's game against Cleveland goes. Um do, do you expect to see uh, house cleaning, um, say, Thursday? I wouldn't be surprised One if... One day after their final game? Matheny were fired. I also would be surprised if you were given one more year. Um, so, I, it's... I think it's 50-50 at this point. I, I, I don't... Because Piccolo was a, was a guy who had been there a long time. He had been one of Dayton Morse guys. So, in some ways, you have to believe that he is part of that group and would stick with it um, but also you think well maybe he is was kept because he was a dissenting voice or seen as his, as his own person um, 
it might go against. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know the inner workings of that organization well enough to, to really hazard a guess. But, uh, part of the reason why they they said they wanted to make the change was to uh, add more analytics into the decision making. Um, yeah, Matheny's not an analytics guy, that's for sure. He's not. Um, but I, you can't really tell if Piccolo was. I mean, they could have disagreed about how to do certain things within the organization, and maybe Piccolo had other ideas and did more overruled. We don't really know how that's going to go until how that will play out for the team until we uh, see what happens here, I think, in the next week or two with, uh, with uh, any – or with a house cleaning or not a house cleaning, I guess, is the or the two scenarios. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think they're going to try to build around their young players and see what happens, but it's hard to say who was going to be managing those. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'll be the first indication is – what they do with management, right? Do you, th- um, do you, do you think uh, the change hints in, in any direction towards building a downtown stadium? Uh, yeah, for sure. That was um, one of the uh, the, uh, the other major factor I believe that was cited as to why um, they made the change was that uh, Dade Moore was opposed to the downtown stadium and John Sherman, the owner, was interested in a downtown stadium. Uh, I think the downtown stadium idea is still quite a bit of a long shot to actually happen because there's so much that has to go right uh, to get that to move to occur a lot of infrastructure to build in the downtown area to actually put a stadium there clearing ground or just deciding on a site even is not necessarily easy to about multiple landowners and building owners that would have to go you know in on this concept so yeah yeah a lot of work to do be relocating a large number of people probably um, I think the site is relatively unused right now that they've, that they've talked about most, but um, the um, yeah, just the amount of work that would have to be done just to coordinate just the owner, the owners of gonna, the property. Are, are they going to do it the same place as Municipal Stadium, or are they? The, the current, what I've heard is supposed to be the, the leading location is on the east side of downtown, um, north of um just just basically straight east from um city hall it'd be like 12th street just inside the loop inside the loop just like right up against the loop on the the east side of the north south side of the uh Mm. you know 29 um 71 basically where 71 runs south through yeah, the city. That that's the location that they talked about. The other one, the other one I thought was interesting was that they talked about um, putting a deck on top of I seventy to cover that, you know, over, and then the stadium could sit on top of that, which oh. seemed even more challenging as a of a construction project at least to put, you know, that much weight on top of a highway system that's already there. That's uh, very cool concept, but I don't know how feasible that actually is from the you know, construction feet that would be required to make that yeah, work. They always say the, the you know, they what, because Kansas City is known for its sports architecture. So that's right. They might want to do something impressive. The three, I think the three largest um, sports architecture firms are in Kansas City. So um, yeah, there is, a, I'm looking at the satellite map right now. There is kind of an open area. It's, it's mostly parking lots. There's, there are, there is a building or two there, but not, um, I don't think they're they're not like high occupancy buildings. 
there's not um there are no apartments in that side of the the of that area anyway so it's not uh yeah one smaller office building that's there but it's not uh you know something that couldn't relocate i don't think population wise uh, but uh yeah i mean the downtown stadium is nice but they don't you know it's not just a stadium it's also parking and increased traffic and being able to enter and exit the stadium during a work day when there is high traffic and and uh you know there's there are a lot of people that live downtown now like when you and i left for college in the late 90s um, downtown was basically vacant after five o'clock so that had been fine to put a stadium down there then but nobody was there uh yeah one yeah downtown at that time but now you know there's power and light there's the um t now t-mobile center uh for the arena there too so i mean there's a lot going on downtown that wasn't going on downtown yeah that part of downtown doesn't have a whole lot to it there's not like there aren't any because it's kind of empty but it's it's a little far from current developments Mm -hmm. Uh, but i guess probably a lot of things would be built closer right because i think they they wanted to build it i think in a similar fashion to what they've done with the the vegas uh, raiders park where it would also be restaurants apartments a whole community that would be developed at the same time around the park so the park isn't just the dead spot on non-game days they could actually you know have activity in that same location uh, all year round essentially i think that that's the plan at least should they be able to approve and coordinate all of this work that would have to be done to to make that move uh i think that, that probably ends up being that the team ends up having to sacrifice a lot of the revenue from parking that they currently have because they wouldn't necessarily control like yeah. the current location. Basically everyone has to drive there. And so basically everyone has everyone to, has to park. Fee, uh, the park. Yeah. And parking costs have gone absurdly high. Even for like Royals games, it's now like 30 bucks to park there. Yes. <laughs> it's not it's not cheap to go to games for sure. Yeah, I guess they the idea would be that more people downtown would go to the games. Would be the attendance would be higher. They, I'm mm-hmm. sure, they'd charge more money for tickets, and 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 it would be a pretty place to see the sky. You can see the skyline and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I I I'm, I'm, I have mixed feelings. I think I think well, I like I like I like Coffin Stadium currently. Um, I think it's I don't like tearing down stuff just because you want to tear it down. Yeah. Um, sort of understand it if it's like in such bad shape that it it can't be saved basically but um but at this point i think it's almost a historic it's one of the structure five oldest parks in the, basically. yeah, yeah like those like, those in the 70s. Of that, and it's that you know one of the only ones in that kind of mid-century modern mm-hmm. style that uh is and isn't most of those stadiums have been torn down um you know arrowhead and and uh kaufman are kind of the only two left mm-hmm yeah and what is it um atlanta's had what two new stadiums since 1990. yeah atlanta they they had fulton county stadium and they built the olympic stadium which they turned into uh turner field mm-hmm. and then they built the stadium in the suburbs a few years ago so yeah that seems uh just crazy that right that in just um you know 25 years they've already gone through two parks yeah. well if you yeah i guess it's not that weird because if you look at early days of stadiums 
like they you know like they would build new stadiums fairly often uh but partly because they weren't built really till to last a lot of cases they were just built out of wood and well mostly grandstands around a field yeah 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 okay well do you want to tra- let's, let's transition for two for across the across the uh parking lot from uh Coffin stadium to uh to arrowhead and uh the chiefs and the nfl um we'll talk about our our our, our our winning weeks last week. We each have our had our first winning weeks of the season. Uh, both of us went two. Each of us went two and one. So we're sitting pretty now. I think this is a. I think this is a, a portent of things to come. Time to rush right to the betting window. Right. Good. Place as many bets as we possibly can now. From here out, we're going to win two thirds of our bets. I think now from now on. That's good. That's good. That's a good goal to aim for. Always get two to three. You bet. Yeah. Uh, one of your winning bets was on the was involved the Chiefs. How'd that go? Uh, I had the uh, Chiefs Tampa game at over forty five, and they cleared that quite handily. Uh, what combining for seventy two points? Yes, the Chiefs almost uh, beat that by themselves. Just the Chiefs really good. two safeties off of that. Uh, <laughs> this was probably. Do you think this is the Chiefs' best game of the season so far? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, much better opponent. Um, I think than like week one with Arizona. But this is by far their best performance. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mahomes seemed like he played at a very different level that we haven't seen in a while. Um. Yeah, he had that. He had that kind of bad interception late. Um, it didn't quite look as bad on the replay as it did live, I think, but it seemed sort of he just kind of was casual and kind of just threw it away uh, and uh, got picked off. So that that was maybe a little concerning that he that Mahomes sometimes will take plays off or not or not be concentrating all the time. Uh, but when he's really really wants to, I think he's really on, and he looked he looked great. Like yeah, against Tampa, Tampa's um, defense had. Really frustrated him a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't, you know, in the first half, first three quarters, they couldn't really do anything. It's it's always good to start a game with a forcing a fumble on the kickoff, and then immediately scoring with some pretty dazzling plays right away. Was yeah, the, was the, did, were you impressed by the first drive or the more than the um, like spin move, um, like dart throw? Sort of pushed ball uh, touchdown on the second. I was I was most impressed by that touchdown by that by that uh, spin by that uh, scramble spin move touchdown. Uh, the 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 first drive only only you know you only needed to go like twenty yards and right. um, but you like be very motivated. It was clinical. Yeah. It was very clinical though the way they did it and they did two plays and. Um, but the Chiefs were also able to drive methodically down the field. Um, they didn't really have any huge gains. They had one 30-yard something past the, the Valdez Scantling. Uh, but mm-hmm. for the most part, most of their most of their plays were maybe six, seven, ten yards uh, gains. And so it showed that you know they could be methodical, just like they were in um, Arizona. So and that really looks promising for the season then too because they can control the clock a lot more 
um, that way if their um, defense is playing like they are. Um, this is a much much better place to be in, I think, than they've been in the last several years, even from how they've started with the poor defensive play the last Yeah, and, they're, and, they're, and their run defense has been very good. So so good that uh, teams have just, you know, like Tampa just was so far behind, they just passed every down. So it looks like the game was quite a bit closer uh, than it really was. Part of it was that interception that Holmes threw it the end part of it was just that um Tom Brady threw it every every down and um the Chiefs were just kind of willing to let them pass uh and stay in as long as they stayed in front of uh stayed 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 in front of them and you know it was going to heat up clock and Mm -hmm. uh, they weren't going to be able to catch up they were down too much too early how how many uh, rushing yards did Tampa end with I believe they had was it three yards rushing or six yards three yards Six six um, rushes for six rushes three yards. Yeah, I think they got I think they got all those three yards uh, on one of those last Fournette. Uh, uh, he had a rushing back in rushing touchdown. I think. Um, Let's see. Um, Rashad White had a four yard run. It was Rashad right Maybe it was Rashad White had the rushing rushing. And uh, Fournette had a he, he did have a rushing touchdown. Yes, that's right. Uh, and Fournette did have a three yard rush. Finished minus three yards on the on the game. Yeah, that was impressive. Fournette's been a very been playing very well the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, this the Chiefs look formidable if they can play a complete game and they are sort of on on offense. Uh, they can beat anybody. You think the Chiefs have become the team to beat again in the AFC, or were they ever not the team to beat in the AFC? I mean, I think they've. I think they're always the team to beat personally, but um, I don't. I mean. Yeah, now, now that there um there are no undefeateds um in the AFC, and maybe maybe they have taken that uh, topple. But the, I don't know. The, the Bills seem like it seems like they still think people seem to still think, and the and Vegas still thinks that the Bills are the the team to beat. I believe so. Yeah, the Chiefs are. Sec- I think in, in Chiefs are second uh, best odds to win the Super Bowl. That's right. Uh, Bill, Bills are first. Um, however, the Bills technically are only in second place in their own division. Right. Um, because they they lost to Miami, and Miami, Buffalo, and the Chiefs are the only three and one teams in uh, the AFC. The Eagles are there are there are three teams three and one or better in the NFC East right now. Surprisingly, um, one of those three and one teams is uh, the New York Giants, uh, whom I. as you know, to become a, a, a dark horse playoff contender and so far so good, even though they might not have any quarterbacks left. Um, yeah. One of the other three and one teams in the, AFC, in the NFC East is Dallas. Um, and I correctly picked Dallas uh, at minus three to uh, beat, uh, beat, beat Washington. And they did handily uh, with Cooper Rush. Um, so uh, the only the only uh, team that's losing in in the uh, NFC East is Washington, but most of their losses have come to NFC East opponents. Do you, um, do you think uh, though that Dallas? Uh, I've heard there's rumblings that maybe Dak Prescott might be ready to play this week or next week. Do you think he should become the starter again, or should, or has Cooper Rush uh, cemented himself as uh, a better starter in Dallas than Dak Prescott? I believe he's the only 
Dallas quarterback to start his career uh, 4-0 in games he started, though. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive for, the, uh, for a franchise that's been around for at least a little while. Um, 1960. But, uh, yeah, I don't I, – I mean, I think they can make as many excuses as they want to keep Prescott out that he's not quite healthy enough to come back. Um, it seems like they should do that at least one more week <laughs> um, just because they may as well ride out um, this to see how long it takes um, Cooper Rush to take his first loss. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a reason to, to push that, is there? Yeah, I don't think so either. There's, I don't think there's a rush to get uh, Prescott back, uh, especially given the fact that, yeah, they're, like it's not like they need they need Prescott to save the season at this point, where I think a lot of people a couple of weeks ago thought that, that was going to be the case. And uh, after that loss to Tampa, we thought, oh, they're, gonna, they're really going to uh, um, – uh, need a lot of help right they could fall out they could fall out of contention before the first few weeks are gone because you know they have you know they have the Bengals coming they had uh, uh you know they had they had it seems like they had a tough uh it was such a tough, tough time against Tampa that with Prescott that they were going to really have tough times with anybody else and especially with Cooper Rush as the quarterback so um yeah I, I think yeah I, I don't I don't think Prescott should rush back either not no pun intended yes and, and we haven't even mentioned the um the top team in the division then right yeah the philadelphia eagles who are four now the only four no team left in the national football league that was that was part of my um second bet um that was successful uh was i had to took the over on the jacksonville philly game at 48 and they just cleared that at 50 points for the for, uh, for me to cover that that victory for my, my second win, it was a rainy game, so you thought maybe maybe that maybe it was going to be tough, and uh, the Jaguars kept fun or at least uh, Trevor Lawrence kept fumbling the ball, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe we weren't going to score many points, but the Eagles uh, scored enough. But it was pretty high scoring at the half. It was um, they'd already gotten to thirty four. It was twenty twenty to fourteen at the half. And then it was a scoreless third quarter, <laughs> which must have had you uh, worried. It was getting uh, yeah, a little hairy there, I guess. Uh, yeah, and then late, well, two touchdowns on back-to-back drives, I guess. Eagles scored uh, with 8.49 to go, and uh, Jackson, then uh, Jacksonville scored the next drive. Got to push to the over. There's still like the last half of the quarter – no scoring. It's still kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but the Eagles have. Been, do you think the Eagles are a legit uh, uh, NFC Championship contender? Well, I guess they'd only have to win the championship. The like the for the to to make the Super Bowl. Then they only have. Yeah. They only need like two wins, I guess. Right at the. Uh, if they if they end up being the one seed, so they have to think they'd be in pretty good shape for that right now. I don't know. If there's really another top team in the NFC that's really um, threatening to take that away from them right now. So I think for now they are they're the favorites of the team to beat, right? The Eagles have a pretty favorable schedule, you could say. So coming out the next tomorrow next week they're at the Cardinals. Out, um, I didn't make a bet on that one. They're favored, I think, by five and a half um, in Arizona. Did you, did you make a bet on that one? 
I I will be um, taking the, an over under in that game. Yeah. Okay. Um, then they play the Cowboys at home, Steelers at home, at Texans, Commanders at home, at Colts, home against the Packers, home against the Titans, at the Giants, at the Bears, at Cowboys, home against the Saints, home against the Giants. So they aren't playing a lot of the juggernaut teams in the NFC. If there are any juggernaut teams, they've uh, they, they already played the Vikings. They beat the Vikings. Mm-hmm. They haven't played the Packers yet, but they aren't playing. They aren't playing Tampa. They aren't playing the Rams or the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they, but the division is looking a little tougher. Uh, maybe the Cowboys are showing some signs of life, but I think the Eagles are, are, are the ones that have been the most dominant in that division, though. And they, they don't play either of the like top contenders in the AFC either. Yeah, they don't play any good AFC teams, really, mm-hmm. unless you think the Colts maybe can bounce back and the Titans can bounce back, but um, neither of those. I think the Titans have been playing a little better, but um, I don't know. I don't know much about the Colts right now. I don't. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor might be hurt. The Colts are playing the Broncos on Thursday night, which might be an interesting game. Um, so they, they get to avoid most of the uh, <laughs> probably toughest competition in the league, right? Yeah, they, they have a yeah they don't have I wouldn't say their schedule is super easy, but it's not it's it's not against the they're not in the AFC and they're not playing the best AFC teams and they're also not playing a lot of the good AFC teams. So mm-hmm. the benefit of not finishing first in their division last year, I believe. Or did they they, they made playoffs last year? But I don't think they, I think they. We're a wild card team last year. That is a lot. That is a lot. Um, a lot of wins in that division already this year. That's yeah, surprisingly. A... Is that is that the winningest division? Yeah, but I think by by a long shot. Um, ten wins versus let's see, seven, eleven. They're eleven. That division is eleven and five. Mm-hmm. And. the nfc west that is uh all teams are two and two yeah uh the afc east has two three and ones and a two and two there are uh, nine win nine wins in the afc east um nine wins in the west no eight wins in the west nine wins in the nfc north yeah yeah so so yeah, that's uh, they're they're the yeah two two wins above every, any that's other two on anybody yeah that's pretty impressive. It's early, you know. <laughs> I, I still I still I still don't think that I still I don't think the Eagles are that great, but the um, NFC is just for the taking. I think. Yeah, they by far have the largest uh, point differential, but. Being only four games in and having won them all, pretty much guarantees they're going to have that. Yeah, they are the the team leading point difference actually the Buffalo Bills uh, in the NFL. They're plus fifty six, despite taking a loss. Despite taking a loss, yeah. Uh, the Chiefs are plus thirty three. The Jaguars at two and two are plus thirty eight point differential <laughs> because they had a blowout. They have had. That shutout really helped. Shutout against the Colts and then a blowout win against the Chargers and two relatively close losses to the NFC teams, mm-hmm. the Commanders and the Eagles. 
What hmm. was your second bet that that paid off uh, last week? Oh, well, that was that that was that uh, Jacksonville Philly over. Jacksonville Philly over. That's right. My second bet that paid off uh, was in the Broncos. I predict I correctly predicted the Raiders to get there. That was a little First interesting game season. too. It wasn't uh, a give a, like a given from the start, was it? Uh, no. Well, the Raiders came out strong. Uh, or the, uh, the I mean the um, the Raiders. It seemed like might take take advantage because they had a um, a fumble return touchdown in the first half, but then the uh, Broncos came back. So it was nineteen sixteen Raiders at the half. It got up to twenty five to sixteen, mm. and then it was close. And then and then the um, and then the Raiders got another touchdown from Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was having had a very good game, um, which might bode well uh going forward yeah so I, it seemed like the, the raiders weren't ever in that much trouble though mm-hmm. yeah and partly because denver denver had raiders had more than 100 yards or almost 100 more total yards uh denver they, they won the turnover battle they also had 25 first downs to denver's 12 they, they led the time of possession so it seemed like um they should have won that game, and that, which they did. And, and Denver's having some problems. Yeah. Even if they're still two and two, the Raiders have had their problems. But I think Denver might be in more disarray even than the Raiders. I think neither has a a great coach, though. So <laughs> I'm not. I wouldn't be super worried about either of them right now. I don't think as contenders. Yeah, I think. I think we, I think pe- people thought, especially that with the new additions with Russell Wilson on the Broncos, their offense would be good. They have had a good defense, but their um, offense has been pretty bad. Uh, this was Wilson's best game, it seems like by far, and he um, only threw for 237 yards. And the Raiders, we thought, well, with they had a good offense already. We're adding Devontae Adams. It's going to be a great offense. Plus, they have some defensive additions. That hasn't been so great either. And 237 yards, and, and he did have one 55-yard pass. But it was like over a fifth of his yards were on one play. Yeah. Yeah, so you get that, you get that every once in a while. But, yeah, he, it was not a um, – yeah, he has not had a big season, like, he, you know, MVP caliber season, which a lot of people were, were thinking might happen since he got out of Seattle with where – you know, uh, Pete Carroll and the Seattle um, philosophy kind of limited his uh, possibilities. Derek Carr didn't have a very impressive game as a quarterback, at least. Through for 188 yards. No, this was no basically a Josh Jacobs game. Devontae Adams got it, you know, it's targeted a lot, but um, they haven't been going to Darren Waller very much the tight end. He, he's mm. uh, been pretty much invisible uh, the last uh, so far this season um, only 16 receptions over four games 175 yards so he's um, that's pretty pretty low pedestrian is maybe a compliment <laughs> yeah yeah well you think, you think of him as one of the better tight ends in the NFL 
Mm. Um, and his stats have been, he's been kind of forgotten, I guess, as, as cars look more to Devont, more to Devontae Adams. Uh, maybe just having Devontae Adams on the team uh, reduces everybody else's uh, receptions just as it did in, in, in Green Bay, where it seems like that was the only player that Aaron Rodgers ever threw to was Devontae Adams. Right. And all the rest of the receivers kind of were left out. Right. So maybe if somebody uh, happened to catch like a ball that was tipped, that was thrown to Devontae Adams, that was the biggest chance for reception, right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe sometimes. Right. Like that play, um, like that play in the the Baltimore, you see the Baltimore um, uh, Buffalo play where uh, the ball was tipped and kind of, it was a bad throw by Lamar and uh, it was tipped by, it was tipped by one guy and then caught by DuVernay. It was crazy uh, sort of, uh, sort of play. You should try to catch that if you can. Yeah. Well, it's a good, that's a good lead in to uh, my, my third pick then from that, uh, from last week was the Buffalo Ravens. I had the over on that one, uh, which did not work out. They only had a total of 43. What was the, what was the total? 52. 52. So the, so I, I was applauding the, uh, um, the uh, Ravens attempt to go for that fourth down midway through the mid to late through the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was tied 20 to 20. They're uh, down in, inside the five and they went forward on fourth in goal. But Lamar Jackson right. threw that interception that. Maybe the caught in the end zone. Possible outcome from that scenario was was throwing an interception in the end zone for touchback. Yeah, I guess it could have been an interception for a touchdown the other way, but uh, other than that, right? Um, <laughs> a pick six would have been worse, but uh, real. Although among, maybe maybe among the worst scenario, that, although maybe but that would have gotten closer to the point total. Yes, although maybe you could say giving them a chance to have the ball back to go back to try to score the other way. That's what I that's what I was going to say because Buffalo took the clock down to the end when they kicked their field goal that expired as time expired. So um, yeah, maybe and the, the Ravens even like attempted um, or could have let Buffalo score a touchdown. To just give the give them the touchdown to get the ball back, and they chose not to do that either. Yeah, I've heard of, I've heard of that, that being talked about a lot recently too. Yeah, I think that's a good plan. I think more teams should do that, but also I think more players are taught not to go into the end zone and just milk the clock than they used to. Right. Seems like, I mean, the, the Chiefs use that a lot. Um, a few years ago, basically just like letting teams score just to get the ball back because because you don't control the game at all if you don't have the ball. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it seems like that it's a viable strategy, at least anyway. Yeah, I think so. Especially if you if, you're, if you have more trust in your offense than you in your defense, and or if you have at least some trust in your offense that they can get the ball back and score. Um, I think with the Chiefs, that's a good that's maybe a good strategy to do. Um, my but uh, my third my third bet was also a poorly uh, I guess considered uh, <laughs> bet uh, just like yours that was the Rams I thought the Rams were going to um, beat the 49ers or at least uh, cover the spread mm-hmm. and that did not happen did not come close to happening the Rams were kind of manhandled by the 49ers uh, 24 to 9. 49ers seem to have the Rams number in the regular season. They've won, I guess, seven in a row now against 
Um, Kyle Shannon has won seven in a row against Sean McVay. Do you think the 49 do you, who do you think is the best team in the NFC West? Is this, this is it the is it the 49ers or is it um, uh, the Rams still? Or perhaps the suddenly spry Seahawks? I mean, yeah, as of today, I might I probably would go with the Seahawks because I don't think the 49ers look that impressive. Like their stats don't look that great from this game. They were plenty good enough to win um against the rams but uh the seahawks can actually score some points and uh geno smith's been a pretty pretty solid there in placing russell wilson yeah every team is two and two right now mm-hmm. um the seahawks lost to the 49ers um at at, the, at san francisco also at san francisco. yeah uh seems like the 49ers have a big home field advantage um when they go on the road they're not they're not looking so tough uh, losing to the bear, lowly bears into, uh, you know, 11 to 10 to Denver last week with, uh, uh, Garoppolo, uh, safety. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe good. I'm thinking maybe, maybe the Cardinals are not quite as bad as they looked early on. They're, they've won two, quietly. They're quietly two and two as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I still think the Rams are probably the best team, but I, I I don't well, know. Yeah, I guess the question is, yeah, today or who who do you think is going to win the division in the end? Those may be different answers. Yeah, I I do think though the 49ers are improved because they have Garoppolo instead of Trey Lance. And that's not that's not actually um, necessarily a positive thing from the franchise perspective by addition through subtraction. That's yeah, uh, I think it's positive for this year, but it might not be a positive moving forward. Long term, right. Yeah, they're all, um, yeah. In, 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 did anything else uh, strike you uh, in last week's games that, that seemed notable or interesting? Hmm. I, I like the um, the big the big scoring game. I guess the Seattle Detroit. I thought that was interesting, at least anyway. I think, we, I think the league needs more games like that. But do you think that was because they were playing in England that the high scoring game happened? We're trying to attract more fans in England. So they no purposefully made it a high scoring game. <laughs> purposely made it high scoring. Well, I think I think each team they always try wants to score. harder to score more points. Were they encouraged I, to score more points? Maybe the defense is more jet lagged uh, when they go to London. I'm not quite sure because you uh, Detroit is Detroit is the I think the high scoring team in the in the league this this year so far. But they're only one in three, so they're lose they're they're allowing a lot of points every week. Um, mm-hmm. So that could be Detroit did score a lot of points in the fourth quarter. It's going on there. So the Detroit has allowed uh 38, 27, 28, and now 48 points in each of its four games. So they've scored 35, 27, 35, 36, 24, and 45. So they've scored a lot of points too. So it seems like maybe it's just the Detroit thing. Yeah, do they do they lead the lead? They look right. They lead the league in scoring by quite a margin, then, don't they? Uh, I think so. Let's. Yeah, one forty. The next closest NFC team is the Eagles at one fifteen. Yeah, the Chiefs are one twenty nine. Chiefs are one twenty nine. That's the highest AFC team. So they're yeah, they're they're averaging not quite three more points per game than the Chiefs are. 
That's impressive. But there, uh, yeah, their differential is only one point, which would um, you generally think that they would be that they that the record is a little bit worse than their actual performance. Yeah, they're behind the Bears, who are two and two, but it seems like the Bears two and two is weaker than the even the Lions one and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah, which team do you think has more hope for the future with the teams they have right now? The Bears or the Lions? I think right now it's the Lions, and that's one reason I'm going to bet on. I do if you want to talk about next. Do you want to talk about next next uh, next week already? Sure. Which one of my bet? See our our, our winter. What are our totals now for the uh, uh, for the season? We both we're both two and one this week. Plus one hundred dollars. Plus one hundred dollars. I was three and six entering this week, so now I am five and seven minus two hundred. So had I had the Rams come through, I would I would be even right now, but that wasn't that close. Not quite, so, Not quite um, that that lucky. I just need a couple more two and one weeks to uh, get back in the saddle, get back in the get back on the uh, back to five hundred. And I believe one you are week, one more week like this will be. Uh, you know, closer. I believe you are four and eight on the year. Four and eight now, yes. Minus 400. So you need a couple of, you know, a few more good weeks and then you'll uh, be back. Do you do you think either of us has a shot at uh, having a winning season? Sure. At this point, <laughs> we have, uh, what, 13, 14 weeks to go. Um, Plenty of opportunities. Plenty of opportunities. Also, plenty of opportunities to dig, dig deeper holes. True. But also, I think the league becomes uh, more predictable as the season goes on. We have a better idea as to who can actually score, what the, uh, which um, you know, defenses are good, how injuries are going to affect teams. We should know a lot more as the season goes on. The first couple of weeks are by far the most unpredictable. And they yeah, have I think very so unpredictable. Yeah. Although now we've had a lot of injuries and stuff recently that have maybe clouded uh, some of these uh, uh, teams' chances, it's hard to say. Um, some cases, like we said, the injuries seem to have made the teams better. Maybe Dallas has played better uh, since Dak got hurt. Uh, we think the 49ers are better off since um, Trey Lance uh, was was injured with Garoppolo. Um, so it's it's interesting so far. Mm-hmm. We had even had teams that played pretty well with third string quarterbacks or as in the Giants case without a quarterback uh, they ran Saquon Barkley mostly in the in the Wildcat to close out the game last week after two two different quarterback injuries two different quarterback injuries so yeah, did they did they not carry a third quarterback on their roster or? I think they did but they didn't have him dressed wasn't, for the wasn't dressed for the yeah. game that was Davis Webb he's been on the practice squad so it looks like he will probably start next week which is one reason why the Giants are are Eight-point underdogs right now to Green Bay in Good. London. Are, are you um, planning on betting on that game this week? Mm, I am not. I, I don't know who the quarterbacks could be. Although Green Bay did not look very good against New England's third-string quarterback, Bailey Zappi. And uh, Zappi uh, looked, looked fairly solid. Uh, he took the – he led the um, Patriots from behind, took, uh, led the – 
uh, Patriots to play into overtime against uh, the Packers, but to no avail. But Bailey Zappi, it seems like, is perhaps a, you think he's a sleeper as being a good NFL starter? Um, I would say, I would think probably not. I mean, if the, if they had a lot of faith in him and he would have been, you know, in the mix for the quarterback role before the injury. Um, but I don't well, Mac Jones was a first round draft pick last year. They weren't going to. Right. So, I mean, MCU. he doesn't have the, the pedigree from, um, you know, what they were going after for, for a starting quarterback. Um, you know, maybe he'd be a decent fill in. Maybe he'll go somewhere else. Or, but, he was a fourth yeah. round draft pick. So not, you know, just a flyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, but not the expectation year, you would get from a you know first round pick. But he he set NF, uh, he set NCAA records for touchdown passes and yards uh, last season as a quarterback. He had sixty two touchdown passes, only eleven interceptions, almost six thousand yards passing, nearly seventy percent completion rate. He was gaudy numbers, huge numbers for Western you know, Western Kentucky. Um, but you know they're not the worst. Uh, the team he he started out he started out playing with Houston Baptist, which is a new fairly new NCAA Division One FCS team. They've only been they've only been a football team for about eight years. Uh, they play in a stadium that holds five thousand people. Wow. Western Kentucky's. Uh, Stadium holds twenty-two thousand people. Not that many more. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a few more, but not 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 uh, not as many as uh, Western a Kentucky lot of Division One. Western Kentucky, yeah, they're Division One. They're they're uh, D one in their bowl in their in the bowl championship, uh, the bowl subdivision. So they're they're FBS. Okay. So they played in the Boca Raton Bowl and they won fifty nine thirty eight over Appalachian State and Conference USA. Yeah, what's the what? What's the thing that you probably know most about Appalachian State? Well, they beat they beat Michigan in a famous game, right? Uh, uh, upset, and they've been pretty they they they've been pretty decent uh, these last few years. I think they've moved up to uh, division uh, um, uh, the the football bowl subdivision mm. from from uh, FCS. In the Sun Belt Conference, and yeah, they beat Texas A&M uh, this season. I thought they had another big upset, but it wasn't. Um, it's hard to top the upset of what was the juggernaut of Michigan at the time. That was one of the more impressive. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was one of the most famous matchups. Two thousand seven, uh, uh, they beat Michigan. Yeah, this year they beat they've beaten Texas A&M. Uh, I think they are. Um, two and one on the season or three and one on the season um, right now. Not bad. They won FCS titles uh, in 2005 through 2007. So they, then they moved up to uh, the, the bigger whole subdivision. Do you know where Appalachian State is located? Do you know what state it is in? <laughs> the state of Appalachia. 
Is that not, not where it is? Well, it is in Appalachia. Which which of the which of the fifty U.S. states is it? I'll, I'll, I'll clarify. One of the Appalachians. I'll say. In, well, if he was, if he went to Western Kentucky. No, that, no, 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 that's not. That's what they. That's what they beat. Um. Uh, Tennessee, North Carolina, close. Yeah. Not not really. Well, they're only about. I'd say it's only about twenty miles from the, <laughs> or thirty miles from the Tennessee border. Mm. In Boone, North Carolina. Oh. Appalachian State also beat, uh, crushed the Citadel 49 to nothing. Did you know that? This no. Is... I think I haven't been following Appalachian State that closely, but uh, going back to Bailey Zappi, um, even though I think Bailey Zappi might be a a, a, a sleeper, sleeping, uh, sleeper kind of guard, maybe Gardner Minshew esque uh, level of of starting quarterback. Um, I I have uh, put I, my, I'm going to put my proverbial money against the Patriots this week. Uh, they're at home against the Lions, who we talked about. The Lions are the highest scoring team in the league. Uh, the Lions are the Patriots favored by three points. I think I'm going to take the Lions plus three against New England. Interesting. Because they can score so many points, and I don't know how many points with their third string quarterback, um, New England can actually score. They did okay against uh, the Packers. At least part of the game was, um, well, the whole game was played with the backup, wasn't it? They, they started with Hoyer. Yeah. Who's the backup already? And right. He had a concussion. Mac Jones's ankles seems to be pretty. Um, Severe, so I don't think he'll play this week. So the, they've, they've, they've played most of the game, then we'll say. So they scored seven against the Dolphins, seventeen against the Steelers, twenty-six against the Ravens, whose defense seems to be getting worse and worse. Yeah. And twenty-four against the Packers. Well, their defense they held um, Buffalo for a lot of the game to not crazy numbers, so. I don't quite understand Baltimore this season. It doesn't. They don't seem to make much sense. They've. It seems like they should be pretty good, but they they played. They've 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 gotten big leads on every. They've, they've had the lead in every game they've had. They've played and they had a big lead in two of the games they lost. So it's, it's, um, hard to predict. They don't seem to be very bright. I guess maybe in, like how they've been. Holding the lead, you know. Right. They've made some mistakes too. Like, they could have just taken the lead by kicking a field goal on that um, fourth and goal play, too. Yeah. At least have the lead, but yeah. Are the, did the Ravens figure into your betting this week? The Ravens uh, do not. I, I, I don't understand them. I don't want to. I don't want to bet in that in that area right now. That's not my 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 going way. Um, but uh, I think my first that I'm sticking with what has worked in the past for my random wins that I've gotten uh, and, and stick with the, with the chiefs. And uh, I think I want to take the um, chiefs at home are uh, seven point favorites against the Raiders. And I will bet that they can cover that spread. Yeah. You think, you think that they would be able to given the fact how they played and then uh, last week and have the capability of playing. So yeah, I don't think that's a bad bet. It's, it's, a big, it's still a big spread. It's a division game. Sometimes those games end up being close. So I shied away from it. But I could, I if I had to pick one side, I would, I would, I would pick Chiefs 
at minus seven. I do think that they um, are trying not to take leads for granted right now too. And, and that seems to be more of a goal is to just win games and not just do the gentlemanly thing as, as you've complained about them before. Yeah, it seems like sometimes they, they, they let their foot off the gas pedal or they kind of are kind of willing to just sort of play through, you know, you know, phone it in towards the end when they're ahead. And sometimes it gets them a little bit closer than the, than the game should be. They did that a few, they've done that several times over the, over the last couple of years. But this season, yeah, it seems like they haven't quite done that. And then the way they played against Tampa, it seemed like that also, like they put on the gas, they're not going to try to let up. I think that's, I think, they're, I think, they're, I think that's going to be the theme for this season is finishing games and not, putting them at risk after they already have it, you know, in the bag. <laughs> yeah. Chiefs minus seven. But uh, what's your, what's your next pick? Uh, I, I going, I'm talking again about the 49ers. The 49ers have been very good at home. They haven't been very good on the road, even against kind of lackluster teams. They're favored by six and a half on the road against Carolina. I think Carolina is somewhat desperate at this point to show anything. I don't think they're very good, but I think maybe they can cover uh, the six and a half. They might they might even be able to pull off an upset win in in Carolina. So it's it's a cross country trip for the 49ers. It's an early game, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know those games are always tough, and I think it's Matt, Coach Matt Rule is probably coaching for his job uh, at this point. Given the and I think Baker Mayfield is probably playing for his starting position because Sam Darnold's probably going to recover uh, from his injury and he might be inserted mm. uh, in, in, as the starting quarterback. So I think this is, this is an, um, an important game kind of for the Panthers who are in a division that's not that, you know, the best team is Tampa, but they're only two and two right now. So, mm. um, and I think, They have a, you know, they've had two close losses to the Browns and the Giants, and they lost like to the Cardinals. So I, I, I think well, it's a four five game. So it's it's a, it's an afternoon game. So it's not quite uh, the one o'clock game, but I still think I don't know. I I, I, I like I like Carolina here because the 49ers haven't been very good on the road. But it's another potential too for the letdown game after a win against a big division rival. That's true. That's I like. I always like that kind of logic, though, too, when making making picks. Yeah, there's plenty of spot. I, you know, I I don't think even if the 49ers win, I'm not sure they win by a touchdown because they don't they don't score a ton of points. The 49ers. Mm-hmm. So, I think I I don't know. I like I like the Panthers here. They have a chance to win, and I think they at least have a chance to cover. Well, uh, what was the what's the over under on that one? The over under is thirty nine. Thirty nine is the over under. That is low. That seems that seems like um uh one that could stay under. because uh, the forty ers uh Rams game was only uh thirty. 33 24 9 yeah i can see this is a 2016 game 
one way or the other. Like 20 to 10 or uh, yeah, even even lower maybe, right? Yeah, I hope at least it's within within six and a half. Right. Is that so? Are you would you bet on the under for that? I think if I were going to bet on that game, I would probably take the under of that one. Uh, but I'm not. I'm gonna go back to a well again. I I'd, I'd uh, done done well with my second pick, uh, and um, looking at the Philly Arizona game, another relatively high over under forty nine. Uh, but I think I'll take the over on that one too. I think that seems like another one of those types of like uh, prone to shootout type scenarios. Yeah, the, I think the Cardinals can score a lot of points and the Eagles can score a lot of points. So I wouldn't be surprised. Like, yeah. Okay, offenses and uh, not very great defenses necessarily. So yeah, wouldn't be surprised either. Is that is that your second your that second pick or your third pick? That's my second. Okay, I like the yeah. I think. Yeah, I actually kind of like the Cardinals here. If I had to bet, I don't. I think maybe the Cardinals would, would sneak away with one and get um, and beat the Eagles on, at home. But um, the spread is the Eagles. Philly minus five. So Philly minus five. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. I'm. I, I'm not betting on that game. But I was. I was looking at that one a little bit, thinking about maybe picking Arizona. But that over under looks looks attractive too. It's forty nine. It's not in the fifties. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe over. Um, I think the both yeah both teams are capable of scoring and it seems like they would the Eagles are probably going to want to stay undefeated. The Cardinals probably like their opportunity to try to knock off an undefeated. Um, that seems like an like a time to score a lot of points, right? Yeah, I think that's a good. I think yeah, I, I tend all of your all of your bets this season have made sense to me, uh, and I think all <laughs> mine have made sense to me too. Even so, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily bode well, but I'm. Hmm. I, I can understand the logic. That's for sure. And that will be a three to nothing final score. Three to two, maybe. <laughs> well, you went over on your. Uh, my third bet is uh, is an under. Okay. Um, and it's in one of the games that I probably find the least interesting on the whole uh, of, of the whole slate of games. Ah. Uh, and that is the Seahawks at the Saints. Ooh. Sounds exciting. Yeah, two and two Seahawks at the one and three Saints, and there there was an over under of that game at forty six, and I'm betting the under on that. I could see a defensive struggle here. The Seahawks did explode for a lot of points last week, but in London, against the, against the Lions, I don't think Geno is. A quarterback that can lead a high-powered offense. Really, I think he's going to come back to earth, and I think the Saints have a strong defense, and they've been playing close games and uh, losing them, but not allowing ter- terrible number of points either. So, I, I and I think I, I think the uh, yeah, I, I I think we're we're primed for an under here, especially I think also uh, maybe Jameis Winston's not going to play again, and Andy Dalton's going to be the quarterback. So uh, for the Saints, maybe some Taysom Hill as well. So I like the under here, maybe a twenty four seventeen type of game. You're not you're not going to bet on New Orleans because of Taysom Hill. That seems surprising to me. No, I'm not. I'm I'm still very anti Taysom Hill, although. He, at least he's not been that kind of 
seen as a potential starting quarterback uh, the last last year or two. So, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm still uh, not a fan of paying a ton of money for somebody like Taysom Hill, who's a serviceable player but not an elite player. Not not top tier quarterback money for a probably a second tight end. <laughs> Yeah, or even not top wide receiver money for a, you know, a, you know, a pretty good tight end or a solid, you know, wildcat quarterback, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think um, my third pick, I think I'm going to stay in this game as well. Um, but I don't think that um, New Orleans can cover that five and a half point spread. So I'm going to take Seattle plus five and a half. Seattle plus five and a half. Interesting. My third pick. So we're both we're both in that lion. We're both in that Seahawks Saints game. I think uh, neither of us find that as. I don't think either of us going to tune into that game if we were if we weren't uh, didn't have any money on it. Right. It seems it's one of the least interesting. Maybe the Jaguars Texans game might be even less exciting. Will that but, game be televised in any of our areas? Will we have the opportunity to watch that game? I think you'll have to go to a. Uh, bar, but you know, a bar that has uh, uh, NFL uh, Sunday ticket watch that game, okay. and probably maybe one out of 60, 60 TVs will be tuned to New Orleans, Seattle. Yes, yeah, I don't, uh, I could go to one of the many Seattle Seahawks bars in Kansas City uh, <laughs> to watch that game. One of the many Seahawks bars. Any other games that look interesting on the schedule? Um, I don't know. Jacksonville, Houston, does that interest you? That was probably the one that would interest me even less. Than, <laughs> I don't think I, yeah, I, I, I don't see a whole lot of excitement there. Although Jacksonville might be looking better than they have in the past, but Houston is still Houston. I like the Giants-Packers game if the Giants have a quarterback. Your Giants, see how your Giants play? Yeah. Um, the Dolphins-Jets might be interesting with with uh, two out and Bridgewater in. There aren't that many. I think the Cowboys-Rams could be a good game. Yeah. yeah that, could, that could be pretty interesting. Cowboys at the Rams. It'd be really surprising if the Rams fall to a um, sub five hundred record. I think so too. I, I think I, I would I would favor the Rams. Rams are favored by four and a half. Mm. I think the Rams will probably win, but it's you know the Cowboys. Who knows? They've been playing well, and yeah. the Bengals Ravens game on on Sunday night is a yeah that should be entertaining, interesting game too. With both of those teams two and two. But probably we think of them as being better than two and two, each of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one of them is going to be under 500. Unless? Unless it's a tie. <laughs> then both teams will stay 500. <laughs> so is that what you're rooting for? A tie. Yes. Sure. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure you're rooting for a tie. More chaos. No. A four to four tie probably would be. Yes, a... I'd love to see that. That's great. <laughs> and that would break the four. NFL record for the most safeties. In a game, <laughs> fantastic! I would, I would appreciate that a lot. I like, I like unique scores in games. It's not, it's not very often you get unique scores. Scoregami, as they're called. Yeah, 
they had one uh the 4845 uh Seattle and Detroit game. That was a rare but, occurrence. Was it Seattle Detroit? Yeah. yeah that was a 4845. That was the only one the first 4845 score that we've done in the NFL. Interesting. So yeah, the uh, but I mean obviously the game that we're probably most interested in this week is going to be the Monday night game. So, do any of the other games matter at all besides the Monday night game? I think I think they matter because you want to see what they're what's happening. But I think one we will definitely have our eye on is going to be uh, Monday night Arrowhead or GEHA Field at Arrowhead at Arrowhead Stadium. Yes. And you have, and you've, and you've got the Chiefs uh, at minus seven in that game. I'm hoping you win that bet as well. I'm especially hoping that the Chiefs win, uh, but I think I would like to see. I would like to see them win handily. Yeah, but it'll, it'll have extra uh, oomph for for our competition, uh, and that will be the only bet on that day. So we'll we'll know all of your outcomes on Sunday. So I could. Could be, yeah, an opportunity to like tie or take the lead, even depending on how things shake out. It is, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's all in the balance or fall further behind, which is more <laughs> likely the case. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait till next week to see that. Uh, do you think we should wrap up this week? I think so. Well, that's been another exciting week of NFL football. Major League Baseball and the warning and warning track power hours. As as always, I am Dr. Michael Werman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Track Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our many feeds and podcast channels and YouTube stuff. And then it's, it's all technology that I'm sure you can figure it out. Even if we have, even if I haven't yet, uh, Dr. Scaff has uh, figured it out pretty well. But um, we're looking forward to another exciting week of NFL football, and hopefully our, our bets are going to be winners two weeks in a row, and we'll start to right the ship on our seasons, and we will be seen as the uh, betting gurus that we, we, we see ourselves in our, in our minds. Yes. So until then, I bid you good day. One question for you, Mike, before we go. Do you think the Patriots quarterback is proud of his son. <laughs> I do think Pappy Zappy is extremely proud of, of Bailey's uh, work and making the NFL. I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure. Unless he was such a domineering father that any loss would be seen as uh, tantamount to, you know, just complete failure. <laughs> Uh, in his eyes, and maybe young Bailey is just cries himself to sleep after each loss. But um, I would—I don't think Pappy's happy would be like that. I think he is simply proud of his son from his you know, making the NFL and playing well in his first game and perhaps starting his second game. So uh, I hope we see Pappy's happy in the stands. Excellent. 